today with Claire Byrne on RTE Radio 1, sponsored by Cash and Carry Kitchens. At the heart of Irish homes for over 40 years. Cashandcarrykitchens.ie First to the news that child benefit is being extended for all 18-year-olds who are in full-time education. The measure was originally planned for September, but it's being brought forward now to May. Jack Horgan-Jones, political reporter with the Irish Times, is on the line now. Good morning, Jack. Morning, Claire. This is good news for some families this morning, and it's a bit earlier than expected, as I said, being brought back now to May. Uh, Well-timed, perhaps, with expected elections on the way. Certainly we have the locals and the Europeans in May. Is there a political aspect to this? I think inevitably that's going to be one of the one of the conclusions that people draw now. Sources uh, this morning in the Department of Social Protection were, were pushing back firmly against that suggestion, saying that this is something that uh, the Minister for Social Protection, Heather Humphreys, has been working on for some time. But I don't think you can get away from at least the suggestion that there's a political element to the timing here. Because when you look at the numbers, they're not exactly massive. It's about 60,000 18-year-olds or the families of 60,000 18-year-olds will benefit from this measure, but you look at the timing of it and it means probably that people are going to get two payments that they may otherwise not have done so before the local European election. So I think that, you know, this is a, a move by politicians and politicians that inevitably tend to act politically. Uh, it's also a, a universal measure in that there won't be a means-tested element. So while it applies only to a subset of people in receipt of self-benefit, that subset won't have any kind of income threshold or limit put on it. If you're eligible on age grounds, you'll be eligible on income grounds. So it is Mm -hmm. quite broad strokes without being entirely across the board, like something like, for example, a double payment across the board of of child benefit would be. In in common with some other measures that were announced on Budget Day, it was only only supposed to kick in in September. So the, the increase in subsidies for childcare and also the, the free school books for junior cycle at, at second level. That also were, they were two measures that were also supposed to kick in only in September. They're not being brought forward until to May, but this one, this one is. So it's, it's an intervention and it's probably a timely one from a political perspective. And do you think there will be other elements of, of future measures brought in a little earlier now because we have these elections in June? I think on balance it's unlikely. I'd say that, you know, this one probably will be at the, the cheaper end of the scale because it is, it's it's limited to that subset. While it is universal in nature, it is only a subset of people who will get it. Whereas something like increasing the, the, the level of subsidy paid to people who have their kids in childcare, that will be much more expensive. And similarly, if you were to try and do it on something like the free school books, there's a, a misalignment problem there with the, the nature of the school year. So mm-hmm. it doesn't make sense coming in from September. So look, I wouldn't necessarily rule it out, but I'd, I'd be surprised if, we, if this was the first in a series of, of sweeteners or giveaways, you know, that kind of primed voters for the local and European elections in June. All right, let's talk about this Sinn Féin motion, which seeks to replace the TV licence with immediate effect. And Sinn Féin want to introduce an amnesty from prosecution for those who have opted not to pay their TV licence. Tell us about the details, firstly, of, of what Sinn Féin would like to do. From a Sinn Féin perspective, because it's perhaps the most kind of important call that the government has to make on RT. We've seen huge kind of manifold scandals uh, come into the come into the light at the national broadcaster since last summer. But really, when it comes to, to government intervention, the big call that the coalition has to make is on the future funding model of RTE. Uh, and the other reason that Sinn Féin are probably well-minded to go for this is that the, the coalition doesn't speak as one on this. There is an internal division over whether the, the funding model that is 
to be chosen should be direct exchequer funding or some other some other form of, uh, of funding and with Minister for Arts and Media Catherine Martin uh, thought to be in favour of exchequer funding and Fianna Fáil leader Michael Martin being resolutely opposed to, to exchequer funding. So they're kind of picking at a, at, a, at, a, at a fissure within the coalition already so it makes sense. I think that where they may have possibly made a slight misstep is this suggestion of an amnesty for those people who have been brought before the courts for not paying uh, the TV licence so far. It's something that the teacher was very quick to hop on last night and this morning saying it would have, in effect, be a, a slap in the face uh, for people who have paid, paid their TV licence. And I think that his instincts on this one are, are probably correct. I think the people who have been paying it, perhaps through gritted teeth, but would, uh, you know, would, would kind of probably kick out against the against the suggestion that someone who had not been paying it would now be effectively be given a, a perhaps not quite a literal get out of jail free card, but certainly get off without facing any, any, mm. any penalties. So I think that perhaps They've kind of taken a, a good initiative here. The, the Sinn Féin motion, I think, is a good one in terms of narrative setting and agenda setting. But it's two steps forward, one step back, because they've kind of they've they've, they've handed the initiative to the government to counterpunch on this and to, to shift the narrative a little bit. Well, you're right. The amnesty was the first thing that government wanted to talk about today as ministers were going in for that cabinet meeting. But let's see how it plays out when it uh, hits the floor of the doll. Thanks very much, Jack, for joining us this morning. Back, though, to those child benefit plans. And we're joined on the line now by Louise Bayless, founder and spokesperson with Single Parents Acting for the Rights of Kids, and also Edgar Morganroth, who's Professor of Economics at Dublin City University. Louise, first to you. I'm sure you welcome this news about the extension of child benefit up to the age of 18 for children who are in full-time education. Oh, I absolutely welcome it. I think there was a gap in policy that was um, preventing economically disadvantaged children in their last year, sixth year, to remain in school. It was something we advocated very strongly that, no, to be fair, we only advocated for the child benefit to be extended to those in receipt of qualified child increase. Um, so we welcome the move that it's universal, but it, it, it's going to make a, it's a game changer for children um, who would have been 18 going into sixth year, the most expensive year going. And there was a gap in policy because when a child turns 18, if they're in a socially welfare-dependent family, they would have been receiving, <coughs> excuse me, the qualified child increase, which is 46 euro a week, or 54 euro a week, as opposed to the qualified adult, which is 146. When they th- turn 18, they don't get the qualified adult; they stay on the qualified child increase, so they're still like almost 100 euro less than um, an adult, but then they lose child benefits because they're not seen as a child. So that was an anomaly that was really stressing families in that situation. And then obviously in sixth year, it's such an expensive year. You know, you're looking at grinds, you're looking at exam fees, you're looking at all of that. And for some families, and I know this anecdotally from Spark, they just could not forego that 140 when the child turned 18. There was no difference in the material difference in their circumstance. Children dropped out of sixth year, went to things like youth reach to get an independent social welfare payment out of pure necessity. And that really encapsulates and incorporates um, intergenerational mm-hmm. poverty. So this is an important gap you, you, that's you shored s- up now. You, you said there, Louise, that you hadn't been calling for this to be universal for uh, older children, for want of a better word. It is. Do you have an issue with that, the fact that everybody's going to get this? 
No, because in in general, I believe in the principle of, you know, that every child should be treated equally. I know that's not the case, but I think the one payment we have that is universal is the child benefit. So I'm, I'm pleased with that. And I would say one of the things that has happened over the years is that there has been a greater emphasis on targeted supports. And actually, the child benefit has reduced in material terms. If you look back into 2010, the child benefit was 166 euros. 2009 was 166. Now, 15 years later, it's 140 euro. Back in 2009, the, child, the increase for the qualified child for children who would have been on social welfare dependents would have been 29.80. That has now increased to 54 euro. So I welcome the fact that targeted supports are growing at a higher rate than the universal supports, but I still believe in the principle of some element of universal support. And I think it gets rid of that stigma of receiving the child benefit. OK, well, stay with us because, as I said, Edgar Morganroth is with us as well. And you're welcome to the programme. Do you believe it was high time for the government to make this move, Edgar? Uh, good morning. Um, I, I think I think so. Uh, there's there's an interesting uh, issue, though. There are some children who have turned 18 in in the last number of months uh, who will be eligible for this, but weren't. Uh, so it's kind of funny that they kind of drop out of the system and then they come back in. Um, so, so that that's the first thing. Uh, most of the children uh, at the age eighteen are still in education, and consequently, they, they you know they they do um, require support by by uh, the, the parents. It's not like the times when. Uh, you know, a lot of kids left school much earlier, went into into some kind of form of employment, um, and 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 so from that perspective, I think eighteen uh, year olds uh, um, are really not that different to seventeen year olds. Mm-hmm. And, and you, indeed, in 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 other countries, uh, they have uh, rules, um, you know, that that look particularly at what what the child is doing. Uh, so if you look at Germany, for example, uh, if the child is unemployed. And seeking employment, uh, the parents uh, get child allowance until the age 21. And in full-time uh, education, um, uh, up to the age of 25. So uh, Ireland would, would have been on the lower end of, of things um, up to now, and it brings, brings us a little bit more in line mm-hmm. um, well, well, Louise, coming back to you on that, do you believe that if a child decides to go on to college or university that they should be supported, the parents and family should be supported with child benefit until they finish? You know, ideally, obviously, that would be the perfect scenario. But the other side of it, Ed, I would acknowledge that we do have supports for for the SUSE maintenance grant that does replace the child benefit and is of a higher rate if you're on a lower income. So I think that is a targeted support for families who have who are socially welfare dependent or who are on low incomes and working. They're supported with a higher SUSE maintenance grant, and that in general is higher than the 140. Mm-hmm. So, well, I'd like it, obviously. Um, I don't think it's the big issue. The big issue was this gap for a year where people were dropping out of school. And it was such a strange thing as well because we had the HERE scheme, which is the Higher Education Access Route, which gave great support to economically disadvantaged children who went into the first year in college. But it was like this one-year gap where they didn't yes. realise people couldn't get through to the, the okay. to access the higher education. Edgar, can I come back to you on the universality of this? And there has always been a political reluctance around means testing child benefit. Do you think that it is something that government at some point should look at? So 
This is a this is a fairly big issue. In in uh, you know on the one hand, the argument that every child should be treated the same, I think, is quite compelling. But on the other hand, uh, there are people, you know, families who, who earn millions who are in receipt of of uh, state subsidies who don't need it, and there are others. Uh, uh, who perhaps uh, should get a higher level of uh, child benefit, and so that, that's where this uh, this means testing uh, uh, really comes into uh, you know the debate. Um, now, once you means test, uh, you know that means once you know your means are above the threshold, uh, you you lose uh, the child benefit, and that may may also produce some negative effects. So uh, an alternative uh, that has often also been, been mentioned is to, to tax the child benefit and perhaps raise the overall level, but then tax it. And that then means that those at the lower end of the income distribution would get a higher rate than they're currently getting. And uh, uh, the those at the at the higher end would get a lower rate, but they would still get something. And that would be ad- administratively probably simple enough to do. That's right. I mean, we do have a, a social welfare and, and tax system established and working very well. And indeed, our revenue commissioners are, are extremely efficient. It's, it's a very well-run organisation. Um, so that that's not difficult to do. I think the means testing uh, p- politically... Uh, you know, even if if it if it were the you know a, an optimal solution from from some kind of uh, economic perspective, uh, politically, I don't think it's feasible. I don't think any party would advocate uh, means testing uh, child benefit. Okay. Well, 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 I think it's the, the taxation option might be a bit more realistic uh, yeah. if if we want to make sure that we are getting the money to those who most need it. All right, we'll leave it there for now. Louise Bayliss and Edgar Morganroth, thank you both for joining us. We'll get the latest on what's been happening in Gaza and the warnings to Israel around any potential invasion of Rafa after this. Text 51551. Today with Claire Byrne on RTE Radio 1.